grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up the Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. Hello everyone and we hope you had a lovely festive break with your loved ones. If you celebrate Christmas or not, we hope you had a lovely time off and hope you have a lovely new year coming up. Yes, we do hope you had a fantastic time. I had a lovely time, although I've come back and I'm not very well. So excuse the voice today. And if you're a new (laughs) listener, I do not sound like this normally. You just sound a bit like Phoebe from Friends and her sticky shoes. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't let Rachel be on her own for the last episode of the year. So I had to be here for you, Royal Community, regardless of whether I sound like the monster from Monsters Inc. <laughs> Always watching. That's going to be me the whole episode. <laughs> to finish off the year, we thought we'd give you a special treat, the Royal Community. We're going to give you two episodes this week just to say a massive thank you for being so amazing throughout the year our first episode is this one you're listening to which is the year in review we'll be going through all of the ups and downs of the royal family during 2021 and then tomorrow come back at 12 midday gmt time where you will find our Royal Gala Awards and that's because you've been voting on Instagram Royal Community for your favorite engagements of the year so you've got two you've got an extra bonus episode this week and we just want to say a massive happy new year to you all So the way we're going to do this is we're not going to do it in chronological order we're just going to pick out the highs and the lows of what's been happening with the royals this year we actually, when we was writing our notes, we couldn't believe that all of this happened in one year. It feels like a blockbuster movie. Because <laughs> we were like, wait, did this happen 2020 or 2021? And we were like, oh, wait, it happened this year. Yeah. <laughs> so I think for us, the biggest thing that happened was the passing of Prince Philip, which was a monumental occasion that ricocheted throughout the royal family and throughout the country, the Commonwealth and around the world, didn't it? It did. And, and also it reminded us of our mortality and the fact that you know the way in which the royal family are right now isn't always the way they're going to be so it did really shake our foundations as royal fans and it's just it was just super sad as well it was so sad and at that point we hadn't actually been doing the podcast for that long had we no so I think it was that we was only a few episodes in it was like oh right okay this is quite big yeah this is big this is you know something that we've never covered before and up until that point the biggest thing that happened within the royal family was the reverberations of Harry and Meghan Oprah Mm. interview which again was one of those massive cataclysmic earthquakes within the royal family and as royal fans again just shook our our foundation a little bit into who who is right who is wrong is any of them right or wrong you know um are these things true if they are how can we move forward with the, with knowing that they're true and it was it, it was such an iconic year this year. We also had four births this year, didn't we? Four. Oh, my goodness. These were all great-grandchildren of the Queen and Prince Philip that were born. So Princess Eugenie gave birth to August Philip Hawke in February. 
Zara Tindall had Lucas Philip in March. In dramatic fashion. In dramatic fashion in the, on the bathroom <laughs> floor. <laughs> on the bathroom floor. Megan gave birth to Lily Bet Diana in June. And then to round it up, Beatrice gave birth to Sienna Elizabeth in September. Yeah. So lots of royal births this year and one very, very sad passing. So what we thought we'd do is break it down into the houses. So let's start with the Cambridges. And the first thing we were, we're going to talk about is the fallout from the Oprah interview. We actually saw William and Catherine on a joint engagement at school a day after the interview aired. And that was when William gave that comment saying, when a journalist asked William, "Are you is the royal family a racist family? And he said, we are very much not a racist family. Yeah, and from my understanding, I'm sure, I think that engagement was supposed to be a solo one for Catherine, but William went with her in support because it yeah. was so big at the time, wasn't it? I mean, it's still big now, but you know. Yeah, because, you know, how could a journalist not ask those questions? Yeah. And remember, that is so out of character for a journalist to shout out that whilst they're on an engagement. Yeah. And and for William to reply, because, again, they're asked questions all the time, but it doesn't necessarily mean they, you know, answer them. We had the statement that came out from the royal family, but that was kind of obviously William's own point of view, wasn't it? Absolutely. Um, As we move forward then with the Cambridges, we then had the Hold Still book with uh, Catherine, which obviously for me has been one of the standout projects this year for the royal family. Yeah, definitely. And she's met so many people through this, hasn't she? And like we've said before, if you listen to our previous episodes, this whole project wasn't about Catherine. It was about her lending her name and her stature to something that was a much bigger project than herself. And, you know, this was one of the standout moments of yeah. in her own engagements because she's met so many people through this. So she's met Mila. Little Mila. Who we've spoken yeah. about before Lo, on the podcast. So there's lots of people. It's not just like, you know, she's put these people in a book and that's it. We're going to see these people in you know throughout the years and and we've said it before on the podcast is that Mila is someone we're going to see time and time again yeah definitely so in conjunction with Hold Still Catherine also released the Early Years Foundation which is massive which is massive yeah um and we've said it before we think this is going to be Catherine's legacy don't we and the, the thing is it's such a big project that we haven't heard everything about it yet and the reason why is because it takes a while to do the findings but when they I mean she did have the findings on the day but even more so moving forward so I don't think it's one of those where she's released something and then she's not going to ever think about it again it's going to take time for the mm-hmm. for it to really cement into the you know the zeitgeist of our community and we often see on the court from the court circular that she has several meetings throughout the week to do with the early years foundation So again, it's something that she's very hands-on with. And it's so important. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes from that. Now, how could we not talk about this moment? It's probably one of our favourite moments (laughs) ever. We we talk about this all the time. That 10-year anniversary video. Wow. That video. Yeah. Oh, love it. I still remember it like it was yesterday. (laughs) Oh, it's just like, it was, it was just so perfect, wasn't it? It was, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was like a hallmark meets Vogue meets, you know, as we mentioned before, Tatler. Tatler. It, 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 Bowden. Yeah, it was just, it was just like the picture perfect family. It, it's wonderful. Cause like I say, I celebrate my 10 year anniversary with William and Catherine. 
So it meant even more to me as well. Like, you know, they're an, an outward expression of 10 years. And I'm like, oh, I'm, ex- I'm experiencing that too. So, yeah. And I think because, you know, we've always supported them and kind of seen them grow up as a family, haven't we? You know, with the introduction of their children being born and for them to release that video with their children, we don't really get to see the kids a lot. So when we do get to see them, it's like, oh, wow, you know. And But not just that, but they, they were being kids. And I know that sounds silly, yes. but, you know, they weren't being royals. They were actually allowed to go out at the beach and they were toasting marshmallows. And Making was, s'mores, yeah. yeah. It was just such an adorable video and um, yeah, maybe we'll get that in another 10 years time. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? So we move on then and we saw Prince George at the football this year, which was just amazing. I loved seeing him in his suit. I thought he did so well cheering on England and um, it was just a wonderful moment, wasn't it? I loved the camaraderie between uh, William and George when you saw England score and George's reaction was just priceless, wasn't it? It It's a typical kids' (laughs) reaction of his team, you know, scoring a goal for his country. It was just absolutely amazing. And again, because it was left field, we wasn't expecting to see him. So it was was great to see him in his little suit, you know, looking just like dad. (laughs) (laughs) We've spoken about quite a lot of highs at this point. So let's move on to some of the lows. And I think the main thing, obviously, was... Prince Philip's funeral yeah and the whole run-up to it there was this big hoo-ha in the press about Harry coming over and you know he wasn't allowed to wear his military uniform so other members of the family weren't allowed to wear theirs and blah 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 yeah (laughs) you know as the press as the press do but then we had that moment after the funeral when they were walking back from St George's Chapel back up to Windsor Castle, where we actually saw William and Harry speaking, didn't we? And that we was did. quite a bit of a moment because it was the first time that we'd actually seen them together since the Oprah interview. Yeah, we had that very iconic photograph of Catherine by Chris Jackson as Catherine was in the car going to the funeral. And that, I think... In our minds, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm talking for the whole of the royal community, but it did cement in our minds that she is going to be a queen consort at some point in our lifetime. And that picture was just so elegant and painful and poignant. There was something about that photograph for me just changed my opinion of Catherine. That she, like moved her from a quote unquote princess of Wales, if that makes sense, into a queen consort in waiting. It was an elevation, I would say. That's the word I would use. Yeah. You saw her as this, as you say, like a queen consort in the in waiting. And, you know, we know we've got Charles and Camilla, but all eyes were on Catherine at that point and William and Harry for obvious yeah. reasons. And what was really interesting is um, Catherine became the glue between that conversation with William and Harry. And she kind of left them to it yeah. while she was talking. And I thought that was amazing emotional intelligence. So moving on, we do have another moment, which has been quite sad uh, for the Cambridges. And that was the Bashir findings coming out from the BBC. And we had the statement from William and it was just so heartfelt and so like you could feel the pain in him. And I'm so glad that he did that himself outside Amna Hall, wasn't it? He was at because I think they were isolating. Is that right? At that point? Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. No justice is ever going to get done with this with the Bashir um, interview with Princess Diana? No, no justice. And, you know, it will never bring their mother back, but it's it's never going to be closure for William or Harry. But in a way, it was nice for someone to be reprimanded and held accountable 
for their dealings in what had happened at that time and for that interview going forward. And there was that, you know, he said famously that it's in his eyes and his belief that this interview should never be shown again. And it's really interesting as well, because the Crown at the moment are actually filming that very um, scene in the very studio that it happened in. And it's just like... It's it's going to be one of those moments, though, isn't it, where, you know, it's it's never going to be forgotten. It's always going to come up, even if someone's always bound to put it up on YouTube or something or other. Hmm. It's never going to go away. It's always going to be in the public domain. So, And Harry also released a statement. And talking to Harry and William together, they then, in, I think it was in July, they unveiled the Diana statue in Kensington Palace, which we actually went to visit, didn't we, Rach? Yes, so good, wasn't it? Yeah, we're on the fence. I think we're still on the fence with whether we like it or not. But it was when you go there, the gardens are absolutely spectacular. And it was such um, a way to commemorate such a special person. And I think they did a stellar job. I'm not a massive fan of the statue itself. I don't think it's bad by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but I would have liked something different. But that's just me. And what they chose was, uh, you know, it's what they wanted. It's how they wanted her to be represented, I think, wasn't it? Because that, you know, if you've seen the statue, it's it's Diana with three children surrounding her. And that's obviously how they want her to be perceived. You know, she was described as the the people's princess. And a lot of people saw her that way and still and still do to this day see her that way. And again, we saw uh, William and Harry together after the uh, Oprah interview. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been I don't think Harry's been in the UK since then or has he yeah no I don't think he has no not since the unveiling so now we move on to one of a very special engagement for William and he actually took the Queen's place in Scotland as high commissioner and I think this is um for me the reason why I wanted to mention this in particular is because again I think this was the Queen handing the baton to William um for king duties and getting him ready you know And uh, I really enjoyed this engagement and I just thought I'd mention it because my perception of William changed from that moment because I think he's becoming more king-like, even though he's always been king-like. But for me, I think personally, I think William and Catherine have really stepped up to the plate this year and this engagement in particular stood out to me. Now, I think one of my favourite engagements and a lot of of the royal community's favourite engagements has to be that Bond premiere in September. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Royal Community. Honestly, I have never screamed so loud in all my life. That was just like a shock and awe moment, wasn't it? It was the dress that launched a thousand ships. That's what it was. (laughs) It was the dress that launched a thousand. I'm not kidding. My husband ran into the bedroom because he thought something was wrong. That's how loud I screamed. I was so taken back. I've never screamed at someone wearing a dress before. (laughs) It was just one of those moments that we was on the phone for so long after that, wasn't we? It was just so such an iconic outfit. And just so great to see William and Catherine with Charles and Camilla and 
them all looking fantastic and there was that incredible shot of all four of them standing together yeah and it it was just a wow moment they all looked spectacular and but obviously the standout was Catherine she knocked out of a thousand parks not just one park yeah. well there's a few people out there that are like I'm not quite sure about the dress but you can't ever take away from how regal and confident and just powerful she was on that night she shone so brightly. It was quite a departure as well, I, I thought, from what she would normally wear. Yeah. You know, whenever we have seen red carpet looks from her, she's it's normally quite floaty and quite floral or pastel. And this was just, you know, it was sparkle and it was shimmer and it was gold and it was like, bam, wow. And I, I always feel like this is how Catherine would probably dress herself if she didn't have to be royal. <laughs> Like, bam, you know, this is it. Me. And I'm so happy. Yeah, exactly. But I'm so, I'm so glad that she had that moment because again, everything she's done this year has cemented her in the, you know, in the image of the nation as the most perfect queen consort. If there was a rule book, someone writing down the perfect queen consort, you would literally put Catherine in that book, wouldn't you? Absolutely. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. It's just like, let's write the perfect queen in making and it would be Catherine. And not just that, though, but the day after she holds a tarantula <laughs> like. Yeah, she was in a power suit and an Amelia Wick said power suit. Purple, you know, holding a birdie <laughs> spider like, come on. Yes, Catherine. Go, girl. That is substance. That is a range. <laughs> of you know like she's I just love her I want to be a best friend so let's move on to William's crowning glory of this year which has to be the Earthshot Prize wow what an event what a just a standout initiative I absolutely love this from start to finish absolutely we said it before this will be William's legacy this was standout how many you know people have been involved and, and we said it before this is William's version of Catherine's early years foundation absolutely yeah this is what he's going to be continuing working on throughout the years and you know we've spoken about it before we've got a whole episode dedicated to William and the Earthshot Prize and just absolutely incredible and I, I just couldn't fault it really couldn't like I, I said in the episode I was nervous to start off with but um, just because I wanted it to go so well and I wanted everybody to get on board with it. And when the winners were announced, I mean, any of those um, finalists could have won and I would have been happy. I mean, some of my favorites didn't win, but that's fine because uh, they're all amazing. It was it was just so, I, I tell you what, I think after everything we've been through collectively as a global population, to have something that feels like a solution based initiative that moves us forward just felt so right to me. And I cried, obviously, mm-hmm. but that's just me. Yeah, you you just felt hopeful, didn't you? Watching yeah. it, you felt hopeful and you and you felt this is going somewhere. This this could actually change. This could make a big change. This is the change that we need. And now is the time to act. So we've got two more things to talk about. The first is the princes and the press. Oh, this was a big one, wasn't it? And it only just happened for wow. weeks, weeks ago. Yeah. Again, we've got a whole episode dedicated to this. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that episode. But yeah, it was it was big in the sense that all three houses 
Buckingham Palace, Clarence House and Kensington Palace released a joint statement all together. And it's so unheard of for that, isn't it? Yeah, it was so unprecedented that you knew that this was a big deal. And the BBC have really put their noses out by doing this interview because obviously when Catherine held her carol concert, her Christmas carol concert, it was, although it was made by by the BBC, it was actually aired on their rival channel, ITV. And I I think, to be honest, the praises in the press, I think only time will tell with the reverberations of it because it was very damning. But we did mention the carol concert. We haven't spoken about it on the on the on a podcast at all Rachel let's have a little chat about the carol concert oh it was it was so magical I was watching it with my family and I was really excited to see it it was just so Christmassy we got a little taster in the morning there was a clip of Catherine sitting down at a piano and I was like hmm is she playing the piano or is this you know something to throw us off yeah and then I was I was watching it and my mum was sat next to me and all of a sudden it went to Catherine sat down at the piano and she started playing and I literally hit my mum's arm and I was like mum mum it's Kate it's Kate she was like what I was like she's playing the piano I was like oh my god I was like what can't this woman do seriously I know I know I mean bird eating spiders one day gold dress another playing the piano um even like at the start of the year we even had um a, a painting that she did on uh, i think it was april time uh and it was it was just a wonderful landscape that she painted i'm like how talented is this woman <laughs> i want to flag something up with the carol concert go on uh <laughs> um can you remember angelina jolie's leg at the oscars <laughs> yeah. like a meme I thought that about Catherine's piano leg. It was like it should have its own meme. <laughs> I need to rewatch it because I haven't noticed a leg. No, but now you've said it, I need to go back and rewatch it. And I think since this day, Catherine's legs have kind of like taken on a, 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 a what's the word? A, a life of their own on, on social media. But that made me laugh because it was so like it reminded me straight away of that Angelina Oscar leg. And I was like, go, Catherine. So that was my first thought. Secondly, I I loved the Carol concert. I loved the fact that it was religious because I think sometimes we forget that it's a religious holiday. And, you know, I'm not personally religious myself, but um, I respect the religion. I was brought up in it, but there was this this real camaraderie and it's in such a special place. It's in Westminster Abbey, which is so synonymous with William and Catherine and their journey together. So not just that, but we then had this just beautiful moment between William and Catherine, which is made the rounds on socials uh, where Catherine looks at William William looks at her and there's like this kind of like little smirk back and forth I, I'm not quite sure at what point that happened but as soon as I as soon as I watched it and this was before I even knew um that she was playing the piano I thought oh she seems really nervous in this like she, she, something's not right here she's it's either that she's put all this together and she just wanted to do well like a little bit like uh, William was on the Earthshot green carpet. Like you saw his face like, oh, you know, is he okay? Yeah. But I have watched that performance back and it is absolutely beautiful. Tom Walker, I love that song, by the way. Never heard of it before. And actually, I'm, I, again, Tom Walker, he's not on my Spotify list, 
but he is now. Yeah. And uh, another thing I would say about it is what I absolutely loved about this song in particular. Like I've I've lost my nan. She was such an important person to me, and this song just resonates to everyone. And I miss my nan so much this Christmas. And um, what I loved about it was it was as if Catherine was representing the royal family with her missing Prince Philip. And this was her way of bringing everyone together and saying, we're with you. We're with you on that, you know? And that for me is what that performance was about. And it was so beautiful. And she honestly, to accompany somebody surrounded by professional musicians and a professional singer, she did extremely well. And honestly, I'm so proud of her. Well, I read a interview with Tom Walker and that performance was actually recorded the day before the carol concert. So nobody else was around. And he was saying that after, because he'd met her a few times throughout the year and we saw him um, with Anna and Deck a few weeks ago. Do you remember when she did that yeah, engagement? Yeah, addiction, wasn't yeah. it? She did that yeah. engagement and um, apparently her people got in contact with his people (laughs) (laughs) and said, you know, we think, you know, would you be willing to do something? And he was up. Well, obviously, yes. And um, he said they actually rehearsed that a few times and she was really nervous because she, you know, it's a totally different ball game performing to yourself or to people you know but it's a completely different thing when you're with seasoned professionals but also the millions of people are going to watch it well yeah exactly but um and he he said like even now he was like, I can't believe it. he was like this is a highlight of my career and it's one of the most watched videos when you watch when I think when you go on to the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge Instagram it's just beneath the 10-year anniversary video that's how popular it's been. We should have a lot more times to be watched. So it probably will be the most popular. And I wonder if I was hoping on Christmas Eve that William, Catherine and the kids were all sitting around the TV watching that. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, there's a lot to be proud of from the Cambridge lot this year. And that's not just me being sycophantic because I love the Cambridges, but they have really shone this year. And it's been a pleasure to follow their journeys throughout this year. So that's us with the review of Cambridges. Let's move on to the review of the Queen. So obviously the biggest thing to happen to the Queen this year was losing Prince Philip. Yeah. Her steadfast for 73 years. We all felt so sad for her. And again, we spoke about that iconic photo of Catherine at the funeral. But I think the one that a lot of people will remember is that iconic photo of the Queen sitting by herself. Yeah. You know, how heartbreaking that was that she couldn't be surrounded by her loved ones at that moment in time. And to know that the whole nation and people around the world and the Commonwealth were watching that. I just I just really, really felt for her. Like she's not going to break down in public because she knows that cameras are watching her. But, you know, we've spoken about this throughout this whole year is we've not seen as much of her. But, you know, she's an old, old lady now. She's 95 herself. She's still been doing engagement. She's been, become the queen of the Zoom call, hasn't she, really? She has, yeah. What I've actually really liked is that she's, again, like I said before, she's passed the baton onto the other members of the family. And that's not to say they haven't been doing that in previous years, but she really has taken a step back this year, which for me, I, I really applaud. Um, and I think is, the good, is, is, a, is a good step for her. But what I've 
loved the most this year from the Queen is we've seen her on joint engagements with other members of the family. And one of my favourites was in Westminster Abbey with Princess Anne for the, the Royal British Legion. There was a service for the 100th anniversary. And I just loved this. Obviously, I loved Princess Anne in her purple uh, suit, but it was just it was just one of those moments. And I think that was the first time we saw the Queen with a walking stick, wasn't it? Yes. And there was this big, again, there was this big, oh, she's got a walking stick. It's like, oh, well, she's 95. She's 95. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, again, one of the standout moments was Troop in the Colour. Oh, yeah. Because, again, although she was with the Duke of Kent, she, there was, you know, shots of her sitting by herself because at that point we wasn't allowed to mix still properly. Yeah. So we couldn't have the parade that we would normally have back in London on Horse Guards Parade. But, you know, it was still great to see her. And she looked like she enjoyed herself, foot tapping along, you know, that lovely smile she had on her face as the red arrows flew over. It was so lovely and such a different contrast to seeing her in the funeral. So, yeah, it was a lovely moment from her. But I think, again, talking about, you know, her health issues, she was supposed to attend Remembrance Sunday at the Cenotaph, wasn't she? And then about an hour before there was a statement released saying that she had sprained her back. Yeah, and, and as we know, Remembrance Day is one of those must-go-to um, engagements of the year. And also as well, they do stand up for a long period of time. So having a bad back and having to do that, it was upsetting not to see her there, but then, you know, we understand. And this year, she's also spent most of the year at Windsor Castle, hasn't she, instead of Buckingham Palace? She has, yeah, she has. Which, to be honest, I mean... We, we've seen her in a little cardigan, haven't we? Going around and speaking to the Canadian regiment. So that was really, really lovely. <laughs> but there's there's been moments when, you know, she looks really strong and there's moments where she looks very frail. But I think, that, I think the rest of the family are really picking up the slack. It's just been one of those things. She'd had to deal with a lot, not only from her own uh, side of the coin, but also from the Oprah interview, from the Andrew scandal that's come about now with the new court case with um, Virginia Dufresne and there's been a lot on the Queen's plate this year like a lot do you know what this reminds me of is do you remember years ago she made that speech and it was after the whole Charles and Diana divorcing and she called that year her Annus Horribilis yeah I think this year has been her Annus Horribilis I think this has trumped that year I think so too I, I really do unfortunately for her Because like you said, there's so many things that happened, good and bad, you know, obviously the worst thing that happened for her was Philip passing. But then, you know, she's she's had to deal with the Oprah fallout and not seeing Harry and Meghan and Archie and Lily. She's never met Lily in person. She's probably Zoomed with um, Harry and Meghan. But, you know, and it's it's just so sad that this woman who is 95 years old at the end of her life really isn't it and this is what's happening you just you just feel sad for her exactly but again she's dealt with it with such grace and dignity you know I'm sure lots of people say oh she should have dealt with it this way this way this way but you know the queen never explained never complained so onwards and upwards for her but let's talk about the Christmas speech then Rach because she made a cool oh. Christmas speech this year well emotional heartfelt heartwarming I wasn't expecting it when it first started and it was the opening shots of the Queen and Philip when they were younger and they were they had their engagement and I was really taken aback by that because I wasn't expecting it. I knew that Philip would be included in the speech somehow, 
but for it to open that monologue I was like oh wow and that really did choke me up that did it wasn't it wasn't the first part because obviously that's taken from a speech from the from a few years back but it was when I actually saw her and then she started explaining. I loved the, when she called Philip her beloved. I was like, oh my God, I can't deal with it. Yeah. And when she said like about his um, twinkle in his eye. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, bless her. I just wanted to hug I her. I know. It was perfect. It really, really was a perfect speech. And I did have a tear on Christmas Day. Yeah. So there we are. Yeah. And she did make mention of the fact that she had four new um, great grandchildren born this year she did yeah she did and she brought it round back round to um you know how much Christmas is for the children and I think with the queen as a lot of you know her resilience is her strong sense of faith and to her you know we've spoken about this before is she is a Christian we know that and she has been her whole life and I think she really leans on that in her times of need and she really finds comfort in her belief to help her get through her dark days. Yeah, absolutely. Although we cannot mention the Queen without mentioning the 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 trio, which is the Duchess of Cornwall, the Duchess of Cambridge, and the Queen, all going to <laughs> the big tea party, and her and the Queen cutting the cake with a sword. Oh. That has got to be one of the engagements that I got to remember from this year. Oh, so sassy, wasn't it? <laughs> There's a knife there, Mum. Well, this is just more interesting, isn't it? But this is more interesting. I love it. I loved it. <laughs> oh, so let's move on to Clarence House then. So again, I think we've spoken about this. Every house we're talking about, it's the reverberations from the Harry and Meghan Oprah interview. And obviously, Charles has been asked about this, but he's he's never going to comment, is he? He's never going to let his true feelings be known. We did find out that Charles did actually support Harry financially up until the summer. You know, you're right, Rach. You know, he's not going to say anything about that. He's kept very tight-lipped. Um, and I don't think we're ever going to really find out what Charles and Camilla feel about it personally. They're just not like that, are they? Whereas that's why it was such a big deal to hear William actually say something back to the press. We had one of the most standout years for Charles with COP26 this year. And just one thing for for Charles, the main thing that happened this year is people realized that he wasn't like a complete, uh, you know, um, off his, of his trolley or whatever you call it. yeah he actually was talking sense all these years about being progressive and and about climate change and he had his moment and I'm so glad he had his moment after all of these years yeah it was really it was his time to shine wasn't it and it was I really felt that he deserved that yeah, yeah definitely but in contrast to that we had lots of allegations of bribery and corruption within the prince's foundation and the cash for honors um, so that's also played to Charles's year. I know as we go along, it's probably still going on. We haven't heard very much about it uh, recently, but it's it's you know he hasn't he hasn't gone through scot free, is he? He's there's been some really tough tough moments for um, Prince Charles this year. One of my favourite things to come out from Charles and Camilla this year is their joint engagements. We saw them early on in the year on a tour of Greece, but my particular favourite was their recent tour of Jordan and Egypt. And I think the standout photo for me was them standing outside in front of the Sphinx 
they have been all over the UK this year. It's been absolutely like I felt uh, like a whirlwind just following them, and I didn't even go. <laughs> I'm like, where are, they, where are they now? They're in Ireland. Oh, where are they now? Scotland, Wales, England. Like, ah, they're everywhere. And that's that's Camilla and Charles are very hardworking, and they just they're all over the place. You just never know where they're gonna be. I think for me with Camilla. Not that she hasn't stepped up because she's always been hardworking, but I think particularly since Harry and Meghan have left, they have been more forthcoming and we have seen more of them in the press because the press haven't got Harry and Meghan to report on, have they? No, exactly. So they are they are covering more of the engagements that Charles and Camilla do. And I think Camilla's activism for women against violence has to be one of the standout moments from her this year. Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, I'm quite, um, I, I really wish that Camilla had an initiative like the early years or like, um, you know, I don't feel like she's really found her thing. I want her to have her own initiative. So hopefully that might be coming next year. But I completely agree with you. Her activism for women against violence, also uh, children's reading. Um, it was just lovely. I, I loved seeing her with all the animals, you know, where I'm like, I loved Bluebell and Beth this year. I just thought they were really nice engagements. And we've also had the continuation of the Duchess of Cornwall's reading room as well. So it's just one of those things that's ticking along nicely for Camilla. And um, yeah, let's hope Charles has a bit of a smoother ride next year because it was quite bumpy this year. Let's put it that way. So moving on to the other members of the royal family then, we had Harry and Meghan obviously departing from the royals and it was just an absolute, like I say, earthquake. It 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 did completely shatter every illusion you had about the royal family and it was damning but also enlightening and I'm glad they've they've done their thing now. They've they they you know Megan's had her bench book we've had loads of different things coming out obviously the birth of Lilibet then we've had Princess Anne she's done lots of different things I always call her the hobnob of the royal family you know (laughs) she's she could dunk her um, as much as you want and she still comes out strong as ever Sophie we've seen her a lot and Sophie really came into her own when Prince Philip died Um, and we've seen Edward taking over the Duke of Edinburgh awards and really pioneering that Louise, she turned 18. Will she be a princess? Who knows? It hasn't happened yet. So maybe she's still Lady Louise. Um, Andrew, I mean, <sighs> he's had a hell of a year, haven't he? Wow. Wow. I mean, I, I still don't wow. know what to say about Andrew. <laughs> oh, God. It's just one of those things where it, you, you just can't make it up, can you? You just can't make it up. You cannot make it up. And, you know, we didn't have the podcast when... Andrew did the interview with the BBC, but we do have an episode on it. Any of these episodes we're mentioning, I'll pop it in the show notes for you. So you can just click on there and um, listen. We did a whole episode on Andrew and my my opinion of him hasn't changed since. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, let's be real. Like it's, it's, ne- it's never going to change at this point, I don't think. No. I mean, Zara and Mike had their new baby, Lucas, and Beatrice and Eugenie both gave birth as well. And we've definitely seen more on the socials of the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester and Princess Alexandra as well, haven't we? And we've seen them on a number of engagements this year. Yeah. And we just want to wish a belated happy birthday to Princess Alexandra, who turned 85 on Christmas Day. There's just been a lot of change, lots of um, monumental and iconic moments for the royals and some really, really 
negative things as well. And, um, you know, I'm never going to justify bad behavior or anything that I believe is morally wrong. And I'll always call it out. That's just part and parcel of being a royal community member, isn't it? You've got to take the rough with the smooth. So that's it for today's episode. We are, like I say, this is part one. Please come back tomorrow when you'll get part two, which is the Royal Gala Awards. So excited about it. Um, and we hope you have a lovely new year. And thank you so much for being part of the Royal community. Honestly, it means so much to me and Rachel that you're here. And what a year it's been. I'm exhausted. What a year. I mean, we haven't even been doing this podcast for a whole year yet, but we cannot, we are just completely blown away by your support. So we thank you so much. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can at Keeping Up The Windsors Pod. You can also email us at keepingupthewindsorspod at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube channel, if you didn't know. We have lots of exciting content coming up over the next year, including the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. And if you want to support the podcast, the link is in the description below to buy us a coffee. Thank you so much for being here. And we will see you tomorrow for another episode of Keeping Keeping Up up The Windsors. Windsors.